The weekend is here. It's time to go fishing, and we've got great advice coming up from Joel Nelson of Joel Nelson Outdoors and Jason Bozer of Fishing Fever Guide Service. Thank God it's Friday, gonna cast out a line. The afternoon sun is flying oh so high. I'm a peaceful kind of guy, most usually. But I'm hunting on the fishes in the deep blue sea. Making sure my bait is all nice and stinky Gonna add a little, let it make the bait go sinky We can wait another day to do the patchwork laundry Cause now we going fishing for Banyan Country Welcome to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. And today we're checking in with Joel Nelson of Cannon Falls from Joel Nelson Outdoors. Welcome back to the show. It's great to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me. This is great. So, Joel, um, we, we had you on last year here in the Bemidji market, but the show now is also in the Brainerd area, so some uh, new Brainerd area listeners. Give them a rundown of, of who you are and, and what it is you do in the outdoors. Yeah, you bet. Well, uh, you know, I kind of started in the outdoors industry about 20, almost 25 years ago now, just writing and doing some web blogging type stuff. And I still do write. I write for Outdoor News and In Fisherman, a number of other publications. But all of that is kind of born from the fact that uh, I'm an outdoor educator type. I am an enthusiast of everything, fishing, hunting. I go all over the place. I'm a really avid bluegill and walleye angler. Um, I'm a member of a lot of different companies, pro staff teams, uh, do a lot of seminar speaking, uh, TV work, and things like that. Just just trying to share what I know and what I've been taught along the way. So you uh, were you were you into writing, or you were just into the outdoors and decided to write about it? Yeah, the, the latter, <laughs> and uh, it was funny. I never did it with the plan to do anything in the outdoors. I uh, back in the forum world and in the forum days, uh, just just chatting with folks about outdoors and hunting, and all of a sudden. Some companies started to say, "Hey, this is this is pretty good stuff. Would you want to work with us?" And and from there, I really have honed my craft over the last decade or two, and it's, it's been a fun ride. Well, for for those who uh, might be wanting to check you out, so where where would they find your stuff? You, you mentioned you know, outdoor I'm, news and and, and and fishermen, but ab- where else? Absolutely. Uh, you know, my website joelnelsonoutdoors.com is going to have everything you know, everything latest and greatest. Uh, I'm pretty active on social media at Joel Nelson Outdoors uh, is kind of my handle. But uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. It's everything from TV news type appearances to just filmed the Midwest Outdoors episode last week. Um, a lot of different TV stuff I do with Angling Buzz uh, and the Linders. So it's uh, it's 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 varied. It's not any one thing. It's a lot of different things. Well, you're in uh, in Cannon Falls. Um, is that kind of where you grew up in that area? Yeah, I'm I'm very lucky to kind of be on some of the family property that I purchased from the farm and uh, grew up grew up uh, on a farm just south of town. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where everything from creek chubs uh, eventually up to trout, and then turkeys and morels, and uh, then eventually down to the river with walleyes and panfish in the surrounding area. I just kind of grew outward from there. So for those of us who are here in lakes country where, we, you know, we go out our door and we throw a rock and we probably hit a lake of some sort, uh, tell us a little bit about the, the landscape and the, the fishing scene down there. You know, uh, it's a little bit different. we got a lot of hills. This is hill country. And, uh, you know, whereas you can throw a rock and uh, hit a body of water, if I'm hitting a body of water, it's typically a stream. So that's kind of what I started doing a lot of. But, you know, in the Faribault area, kind of south-central Minnesota, there's a lot of lakes. 
And then I'm only 25 minutes from Red Wing. So I spent a lot of time and continue to spend a lot of time down on Pool 4 and Lake Pepin and uh, a lot of varied fishing. Um, I can't say that any trip or any two trips are the same from one day to the next because I tend to fish a lot of varied waters. You know, um, the, the river fishing I find really interesting because there's not a whole lot of it up here. Where there's there's certainly some stream trout fishing up here, but the Mississippi is is still pretty small when it hits Bemidji, and it's it's pretty much lake fishing around here. But you get down to Brainerd, and then beyond that, uh, that Mississippi River really gets to be a legitimate fishery. Absolutely, and then you get even further down towards my you know my area and you've got locks and dams and you've got backwaters environments and wing dams and closing dams and uh, old stump fields and side lakes and things like that and it uh it fishes a lot like a reservoir but it's got movement it's got current it's a dynamic situations we were just down fishing big crappies um and a lot of people think well wow catching crappies on the river doesn't make a lot of sense but there's really everything in the river so you, you got to be a jack of all trades to fish there okay um and and so you've now um, gotten into the outdoor business, as you mentioned, for a long time, and you're pretty much fishing everywhere now. Absolutely, yeah. In the <laughs> past two weeks, uh, I've fished Gull up by Brainerd, Pelican, a number of lakes north of that towards Leech. Um, I've fished the Faribault area lakes. I've been down to Lake Pepin a few times. Um, yeah, and then this weekend I'm planning to fish up near the Hackensack area. So I... <laughs> I uh, will travel to fish. It's, uh, it's one of the best things I do all year is just go all over just to, just to experience new things. So how, how was the Brainerd Lakes area? It was good. It was, uh, it was challenging. I hit it during a hot spell, and uh, we caught a couple big fish, not a lot of bites, but the bites that we did get were solid, and the fish were actually shallower. They were kind of up in the weeds, surprisingly. I had expected them to be... Yeah, 22, 26, 28 feet of water off these deep breaks. Instead, they were up in some of these shallower weed flats. Some of the best bites we were able to find were 12, 15 feet of water and mixed weeds. They had to have good cabbage and coontail, but if they had decent weeds, those fish were kind of hiding in and amongst them, walleyes. What were they biting on? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, we put down the biggest, juiciest, most beautiful leeches and... Uh, I won't say they were ignored, but they certainly weren't uh, swallowed whole like the crawlers were. We we did well with bullet nose rigging um, half and whole crawlers, depending whether we're perch present or not uh, in these areas, and caught them on spinners, caught them rigging, and um, pretty satisfying way to do it. They really did slurp up a crawler. It's uh, surprising to me, considering the, the sheer amount of heat we've had this year and the fact that we... You know, had a lot of flat water and a lot of high skies and and lower water levels in a lot of lakes. The walleye bite has been surprisingly solid. Yeah, and and that's what I've been hearing from other folks too. And you know, I I fished alongside a club tournament that was actually going on on Pelican. I wasn't in the tournament, but uh, my first time on that lake, it was interesting. Some guys were going really deep, and they were catching fish on jigging wraps off of deep breaks, and they were getting their fish that way. But uh, like you said, surprisingly, for all the flat, calm, hot, low water that's been present up there, the fish were snapping pretty decent, and they were shallower than I guess I would have anticipated them. Uh, that's, and that's the thing I've been hearing a lot of, too. Shallower fish than usual. Just stay, just stay with the weeds, and you'll, you'll be fine. Plus, you'll catch a few well, other things, too. Well, exactly. And the thing with shallow water fish that I've always found, you know, I fish a lot of dark, turbid water environments, like down here on the river, and... Those shallow fish, you can find them shallow, you can find them medium range, you can find them in deep water, but the shallow fish are typically up there for one reason, and that's for forage, and that's to eat. So 
when you do find them up shallow, they tend to be pretty willing to go. Um, Leech Lake has had, I just talked to Toby Cavallivog, and I've talked to a number of guys on Leech this year, and they've had a very, very good walleye season. And, of course, they've also had a tremendous bass season already, and, and the muskies are starting to wake up too. So the people on Leech are, are going to be busy. Yeah, absolutely. Leech is one of my favorites. You know, and traditionally, it's been a lake after June 15th that's been a little scary to me. Um, it can it can dish it out, uh, and it can take it. It's one of those things where after June 15th, I've always had a harder time getting bit there, but this year seems to be an exception. It sounds like guys are getting them shallow still, and they're also starting to show up uh, on lead core. Guys are getting fish out deeper in that Paris Trench area, I guess, on lead core and big cranks. Cool to see a couple of good patterns going on in Leech right now. You fish everywhere in the state of Minnesota and probably beyond, I'm guessing. Um, yep. What's your favorite area to fish in the state? Boy, that's a challenge. You know, initially I would say that Pool 4 of the Mississippi River is one of my favorites to fish on, but it's also the kind of body of water where if you haven't been on it in a while, you know, I, I'll i fish three days and it's just predictable as can be. The third day is always way better. And you might be able to say the same about some lakes that you fish, you know, if you fish a couple days in a row, the third is the best day, or the second or third is the best day. But it can also shut off, uh, just like a light switch, that body of water. And there's, you know, there's there's bugs, just like there are elsewhere, big mayfly hatches and water flow dynamics and chains that can really occur quickly on the river. So while it is one of my favorite places to fish, maybe one of the reasons is because it is so challenging. So where is Pool 4, for those not familiar? Pool 4 starts in Red Wing, Minnesota, at the Lock and Dam, and goes downstream all the way through the narrow portions of the river, the backwater areas up against Wisconsin, then opens up into Lake Pepin and terminates down uh, just below the base of Lake Pepin where Pool 5 starts and heads its way on down towards the Wabasha and beyond. So it it's a section that's really interesting because it includes river, it includes backwaters, and it includes a great big lake. Yeah. And there's a lot of fish in there, as you noted, plenty of walleyes. What else do we find in the Mississippi? Well, it's interesting. I, I was trying to get after walleyes here uh, earlier uh, last week and the week before and kept finding a quality sauger bite, which I don't mind because I was looking for some fish to eat. We've got some fish fries coming up and wanted to catch some sauger and just caught boatloads of them. But anytime we're pulling crankbaits or pitching down there, you're you're almost guaranteed to catch at least five different species, and typically walleye, sauger, channel catfish, sheephead, and maybe some oddball. It might be a pike. It might be a quillback, a buffalo. I mean, who knows what? <laughs> there's so many different species. White bass were busting down there on the surface. Um, just so many cool things. You put a bend in the rod, and who knows what's going to come to the boat. Much more to come with Joel Nelson, including more details and more advice on how to get into river fishing. But up next, we're going to check out the Grand Rapids area fishing scene with Jason Bozer of Fishing Fever Guide Service. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast at becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi... Bemidji, one step further. And 
welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, it's a little late in the year, but it's about time we talk with Jason Bozer from Fish and Fever Guide Service with MN Fishing Pros. Jason, welcome back to the show. It's great to hear your voice. Yeah, good to hear from you too, Kevin. So, Jason, uh, how's how's the bite been uh, where you've been fishing this year? Well, surprisingly, with this heat and the sun, it's uh, it's been holding up pretty dang good. I'm relatively surprised, but... We've been able to get walleyes, you know, northerns naturally, and some perch, and occasional sunfish, and yeah, we've been finding a little bit of everything. Where have you been fishing lately? My last four days of fishing, I was on Winnie one day, I was on Bowstring one day, I was on Ball Club one day, and then I went back to Winnie. So uh, it's, it's uh, you know, it seems like all the lakes got a few fish. Good news, you get into July with the heat we've had. You're right. Yeah. It's it's surprising, and yet it's been oh. relatively stable. Yes, it really has. It's been <laughs> heck. I haven't had a bad trip hardly at all this whole year. So it's that's that's good for me. Where are you finding the walleyes, and, and what are they interested in right now? Um, there's actually been a couple different things going on. We uh, you know, like on uh, bowstring, uh, we've been actually rigging them out on mm-hmm. on uh, deep pumps, and there you know there, there's some fish in the weeds spinning, but I haven't went there yet. Um, I've been kind of rigging there, and on Winnie, I've been kind of hitting them mid humps. I don't know how you'd describe them, but they're you know they're the rock humps that don't you know some of them come up to ten feet, eleven foot, others come up to like fifteen, and uh, we've been pulling spinners over them, and uh, you know getting a little more weight on there, getting a quarter ounce on your on your spinner, and and running over them, and uh, man, even getting getting them on these bright sunny days with as clear as Winnie's been is is uh, quite a quite a feat, I think. So, <laughs> yeah, it is quite an accomplishment. <laughs> you're not a kidding. And then, like on Ball Club, we were just we've been just hitting the flats. You know, there's a bunch of flats out there, and we've just been pulling spinners in that seven eight foot of water. So, so I mean, as you can see, it's just kind of all over the place. You know, the thing about yeah. Winnie we've been waiting for the last few years is for those uh, young year classes to get to keeper size because it wasn't a matter of not catching fish. It was a matter of getting fish you can keep. Uh, where are we at yeah. with that? You know, them little 13, 14-inchers, they're still kind of small. They ain't, you know, big and fat. You know, they're kind of, you know, typical typical little fish, you know. But uh, that's I think that's the the majority of what, what people have been, you know, catching and keeping. Um there's a few 15, 16 inches in the system, but they're, you know, it's not thick. And we've got a lot of overs. You know, you're, you're seeing them fish over 23 inches come out of there quite a bit. And, um, so, you know, you're, you're able to keep some fish, but you know, again, they're not, they're not huge a fish like on bowstring right now where, the, where the fish are really big or ball club. And, um, even round lakes got some, you know, nice, nice looking fish in it, but, uh, but you know, you get a meal out of them. They're they're all right. And the you know the other thing about Winnie right now is them dang northerns are so nice. Man, really, they're big in there. Oh, they're just beautiful. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's an action packed bite. Well, that's good. I mean, that's uh, yeah. that's that's what you want for guide clients, right? Absolutely. You bet. <laughs> well, those uh, those smaller uh, Winnie walleyes. I mean, uh, by next summer they should be right there in their prime, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, I would, I would, you know, they might even fatten up a little bit by this fall yet. They're just, you know, they're just kind of long, you know, they're the 13 inch long, 14 inch long, but they're just kind of skinny. But yeah. you know what? If, as long as the people up are here catching them and, you know, eating them, I guess it, they're happy. It's, that's a, it's just great to see them in the system. 
You know, you're talking about the Northerns. I'm assuming uh, you don't really have to try anything real hard to catch them. It usually just comes along with fishing in general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's coming right along with the spinning. You know, we're spinning with a minnow or a crawler, and them Northerns are, you know, sitting right there a lot of times with the walleyes. And, uh, they, yeah, they're just they're just attacking it. Well, so if you... Cool. If you can get over the slime and uh, and you can watch a video on how to get the uh, Y bones out, uh, they're worth keeping. Oh, they're very much worth keeping. We uh, we eat a lot of northerns up here, and uh, you know we we even tried some. We made some fish cakes out of the you know, fish patties out of the northerns here the other day out of bowstring, and man, they were good. So fish. there's always something to do with the fish. Yeah, <laughs> talk a little bit about the panfish. Where are you finding those, and and uh, what kind of sizes are they? Well, the you know the the weeds are just just kind of starting to get good right now for the panfish uh, so it hasn't been a real consistent deal you know but uh, that's what, where we've been finding them in the weeds you know in the evenings you can you know throw a little jig and a tail in there and them in the deeper cabbage but uh, we've been running most of them just <laughs> like the northerns and the walleyes run into them when we're spinning and uh, we'll get into a, a certain kind of a weed patch and and they'll be you know I don't know, it seems like a, a quite a few sunnies this year, and and a few crappies are starting to show up, and and I think that'll just get better as we go. We've had a lot of heat, as as we noted. We haven't had a lot of rain. Uh, I'm hearing oh. a lot of reports of low water. Uh, what about your area? Oh yeah, yeah. We're uh, you, uh, you. There's only one landing that you can really use on bowstring and uh, ball club. You got to use the resort. And on you know any landings are all pretty pretty good yet. I don't know of any that you can't get out of. Yeah, Round Lake, you know you can use that north landing, and boy, you got the landing area, and that's it. You go off to the side of the dock, your your boat's beached. So yeah, it's uh yeah, and if you got bunk trailers, this ain't a good year for bunk trailers in Little Lakes. That makes her tough. And and if you're uh you know you're used to fishing a certain spot because it's ten to fifteen feet deep and that, you know that the walleyes are going to be there well that's that's not ten to fifteen feet deep anymore. <laughs> no, it sure ain't. And, uh, but you know one thing nice about the low water it kind of it concentrates the fish a little bit. Sure. You know, so and then um, I mean maybe that's why our fishing stands so nice and consistent too. So we'll we'll make it through. But uh, yeah, I hope we get some rain soon. Boy, she uh, we can really use it. Talked about the clear water on on Winnie due to the you know the zebra mussels. Do you have any other lakes yeah. over there that have been infect infected with zebra mussels yet? Oh yeah, pretty much all of them. Oh. You know, Sand Lake was one of our favorite little lakes, and you know that 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 uh, zebra mussels got in there and cleared it up, and they're in uh, they're in bowstring. We've been picking them up. Um, I believe they're in ball club they're not in round lake yet or island lake but yeah you know a lot of the lakes you know that that are connected with the mississippi there and that are close by they uh they kind of all got them i i don't know i guess i kind of thinking it's inevitable that sooner or later they all will and that does make it harder you know that that not sure. having um not having that dirty water makes her tough and and I'm hoping with this heat that we're, we start getting more of an algae bloom. Guessing we will. It hasn't, it's, you know, the water ain't real green yet. So hopefully as we go here, it, it does. That'll, that, that'll really help the spin, spinning part of it, you know, in the shallows. As the water gets clearer in Cass Lake, I mean, it's almost yeah. invisible yeah. at this point. 
you know, yeah. you got to go out very, very early or very, very late. And, I mean, that's kind of always been low light for walleyes. I mean, that's I've been hearing that for my whole life. But yeah. um, it's just even more more distinct now. Um, and that's pretty tough right. because a lot of, you know, when you're a guide, in your case, for example, yeah. you know, people want to yeah. fish between 8 and 5, right? Right. Yeah, we're we're pretty much 8 to 4, four fishing people are up here. And, yeah, well, you know, and. The only days it's really hard. If you got a little wind and stuff, and you got some clouds, you can usually, you know, make something work. But uh, it's uh, when you don't have, when you have nothing. Like I'm looking outside right now here, and it's it's uh, not a breath of wind hardly, and sunny. Now that that makes it hard. But but you know, at the same time, Kevin, I mean, you know, it's it was like that on Winnie the other day, and we still got them in that yeah. crystal clear water, and. And I know Charlie was out the other day, and it was just like this, and and he did well too. So I think if you got enough fish in the system, I think uh, um, you know you'll still get something to bite. It just it's not going to be like your low light, you know, your low light bite, but you you still manage to run into some fish. Uh, Jason, how long have you been in the Grand Rapids area? Oh, I've been guiding around here. I don't know, twenty six, twenty seven years now. I suppose it's I don't know where the time goes, but <laughs> man, it's, uh, it's been a pretty good run. I mean, we got so many great areas here. You know, Bemidji area is great. Leech Lake yep. area. I mean, and you're yep. over in the Grand Rapids area. What is it about uh, that area that you you find so appealing? Well, I like uh, you know there ain't I don't know there ain't a lot of you know there ain't a lot of people. I actually <laughs> live between Grand Rapids and Deer River now. You okay. Know, on on uh, Race Lake, and uh, it's uh, there. Ain't, you know, there just ain't the people around, and you got lakes. I mean, I can go anywhere. You know, within you know twenty minutes, and being a good good fishing lake and you know we got some great hunting up here we just i don't know we kind of got it all and we're far enough away from the cities so you know you almost got to stay a day or two you know to drive from the cities and come up here and fish or hunt for a day and then uh you know go home that makes it pretty hard so i i think i think that keeps a few of the people away in but at the same time if they want to come on fish you know they, it isn't that horrible you know overdrive right so it's a beautiful area to live you know, I was in, you know, I go to Bemidji every year, and too, and, you know, the fishing around Bemidji is, you know, pretty dang good, too. We, uh, oh, yeah. You know, we hit that Bemidji Lake. That, that's quite a little lake you guys got over there, too, man. Yeah, a lot it's of fun. It just, yeah, it just cranks out walleyes every year. It just doesn't. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of it's kind of like our bowstring. It just keeps putting out walleye after walleye after walleye. And yeah. Wh- amazing. You know, bowstring kind of sits there in the shadow of Winnie, but uh, boy, it's 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 pretty good on its own. That's for sure. Yeah, it's just one of them lakes that keeps keeps producing fish. I, it's hard to explain. You'd think <laughs> sooner or later it'll run out. You know, especially <laughs> like when when Winnie was kind of bad. You know, everybody was going to bowstring. You know, you would think, man, how can it take that pressure? And and I'm sure it's just like Lake Bemidji. You know, that thing gets a lot of pressure being rained down. And, yeah. But every year. It just—it don't seem to ever fail you. Well, listen, yeah. Jason. If people want to experience uh, some of those lakes over in your area and uh, want an experienced guide like yourself to help them out, how do they go about doing that? Well, you can either contact us through our uh, website, MN Fishing Pros, or else you can give me a holler on the phone two one eight two four four two five one seven. Jason Bozer from Fish and Fever Guide Service, uh, talking Grand Rapids Deer River area fishing. Jason, thank you so much for taking the time today. We appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, Kevin, and you have a great day. Coming up later on, more with Joel Nelson. We talk river fishing, but right now, it's time now for a podcast exclusive. Steve Sapaniak talks the Lax Lake Muskies. 
Well, he's out on the water right now as we speak. Steve, welcome back. Thanks for taking time today. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm on the water right now. We're doing a little pike and muskie fishing. I've got three brothers from South Carolina. We're having a great time. We've had nine hits so far. We've seen a couple of nice fish came in and a couple of small pike came in, you know. Uh, but otherwise, things have been going pretty good. Uh, what hurts us, Kevin, is uh, bluebird skies again. I know we've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. So what I'm telling these gentlemen, they're doing a pretty good job, is make sure you let the lures sink down Get closer to the bottom because when the sun is up and the skies are high without much cloud cover, these fish are a little eye sensitive and they're going to go down you know, into the weeds and hunker there. And that's where we're finding them, in the weed beds right now. Are you uh, affected by the smoky skies or are you still blue sky? Oh, it's hazy. We got the haze. We've even got a... Um, air alert just happened on my phone before we got talking here so it's uh it's, it's hazy you can smell it a little bit and you can actually taste the smoke sometimes mm-hmm. but uh you know hasn't affected the fish and in fact in my opinion if we get a little bit more haze cloud cover from the smoke might get some action going you know quicker for us warm temps that tends to be good musky weather Yes, it is. It is. The temps are looking good. The pike are moving, you know, and we've had some nice action from the muskies. We were out a couple of days ago, and we had a couple of muskie hits, and one of them actually got hooked up for a brief period of time, but unfortunately didn't make it to the boat, you know. But, hey, that's fishing. I can put everybody on the fish. I just can't make them bite or stay on the hook. So these guys that you're fishing with, have they done this before, or are they brand new to this game? You know, that's a great question. The, the three brothers have uh, fished for chain pickerel, nothing over three pounds. And already we're seeing, you know, they caught a couple that were over the three-pound mark, northern pike, and they saw some bigger pike and muskies as well. So, yeah, this is uh, this is new to them, having fish of this size. They're used to catching, uh, but the only thing big they were telling me right now for freshwater fish down there they got going is some very large, largemouth bass, you know, 12, 14 pounds. Those are big bass anywhere in the world, United States. So these guys are lucky in that aspect. Uh, as far as going for pike, you know, uh, chain pick rose it and just a few pounds. They do got some really big sunfish and crappies down there, so that would be fun to go and uh, go visit sometime and do some of that. How did these three brothers from South Carolina find their way to Lake Mille Lacs? Well, that's a great question. Their, their father, John, got a hold of me a few months ago. They were doing a little bit of a tour of... Uh, of the United States. They were over at uh, Yellowstone Park just a couple of days ago, and he wanted to have his sons get a chance to go after some big fish, and we worked out some dates, and uh, we finally got together. I was anticipating them coming. It was exciting. The father drove 36 hours straight during one leg of the trip, so, you know, <laughs> these people are having fun, and they're enjoying life the way everybody should. All right, absolutely. Uh, what kind of traffic are we seeing on Mille Lacs these days? Not a lot of traffic. Not a lot of boat traffic at all. It's been pretty, uh, pr- pretty bare out here. I think once they uh, open up the wallets again, you're going to see it uh, packed with people over here on the lakes. But so far, it's been nice and peaceful. We've got the lake to ourselves, maybe seen three other boats today, and that's about it. So, yeah, right now, things are good. And they're reopening that real soon, aren't they? Is it like tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. They're going to be reopening the walleye fishing and stuff. Uh, Again, you know, if I have any walleye trips, which I know one person wants to go out here in the future, it's going to be fishing the mud flats, Kevin, the sand sandbars going to be fishing uh, the edge of the weed beds in the deeper water with slip bobbers and uh, leeches. I know everybody said, you know, I sure like to do that method. But when you got people that can't catch on to Lindy rigging or can't catch on to the aspect of bottom bouncing with a crawler and a spinner, you know, bobber fishing is one sure way that everybody can, you know, at least get a good chance at getting a fish in the boat. Let them take the leech, wait a few seconds to set the hook and net it. One key ingredient is don't fish more than six inches at the most off the bottom when you're bobber fishing 
nature for walleyes. Fish are bottom feeders. Walleyes are, they're bottom orientated. And they come across, you know, while they're swimming the bottom and everything, they come across a lively leech. It's a win-win situation for all. What are you hearing from some of the other lakes in your area? Ah, uh, you know, some of the other lakes, the smaller lakes, especially the shallow ones, are feeling the effects of the heat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been uh, tough going for the largemouth bass and smallmouth bass have been tough going. Uh, Farm Island's been producing some nice pike, but there's nothing huge. These are a lot of fish, but smaller fish, nothing really over five pounds. You've got Borden Lake is getting pretty weed choked, but a lot of panfish are being caught. A lot of three to a pound, Kevin, which, which in you know, reality is pretty good eating size panfish, you know. Three to a pound or even half a pound is good size. Anything bigger than that, folks, let them go, let them grow, you know. Uh, you're going to be seeing some changes on some of these lakes coming up next year for sure, as far as keeping sunfish and crappies. Uh, heard the word is uh, Shakopee might be down, taken down to five panfish, you know, five bluegills. Uh, we expected that the way that, that poor little lake got nailed last year. I saw one time there was over 300 people on that 600-acre lake. That's ridiculous. But uh, all in all, right now, the smaller lakes and everything are doing okay with panfish, doing okay with northern pike. Walleye action is like largemouth and smallmouth bass, Kevin. It's a little slow, but otherwise, things have been looking pretty decent. What are the water temps on Lacks right now. I'm looking at uh, 13 feet of water. I got 75.3, which is a far cry from last month being 81 degrees. So this is livable. It's doable. I hate to see it go up anymore. That's going to hurt fishing a little bit, but see what the next few days bring. Anything else we should know today, Steve? No, no. Just wish us more luck here and get something <laughs> big boated so we can talk about it. Absolutely. Hey, Steve, if people want to book you and go after some big muskies and northerns, how do they do that? Uh, thanks, Kevin. Hey, check out my website, folks. It's all one word, Predator guideservice.com front page you'll see that 50 pound plus musky you know could have been the state record i got my phone number there my home phone you know which is by st cloud otherwise i live up here in malax lake spring summer and fall you can call my cell number 320-333-2941 but check out the website you'll get a kick out of all the big muskies and pike we have steve saponiak from predator guide service joining me today steve good luck out there on the water oh thanks kevin i appreciate it my pleasure thank you sir This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Joel Nelson of Joel Nelson Outdoors, my guest today. You can check him out at joelnelsonoutdoors.com. The river fishing is, is something we don't do a lot of up here. There are quite a few guys who head over to Red River and, and do the channel cat thing, but for those who want to try river fishing, is there is there different gear we need? Do we need a certain kind of boat that we don't typically use on a lake up here? What, what all do you need? First, I'd break it down into two kinds of rivers, and you got the river up by Brainerd, like you said, and... To tell you the truth, uh, a canoe or a kayak, one or two spinning rods, and put together yourself a river box full of small jigs and, and plastic grubs, um, crayfish imitating crankbaits, uh, a number of topwaters for some of the smallmouth along the way. I really like that because you can go down. We've got the Cannon River, the Root River. We've got a whole bunch of rivers that fish similar to the Mississippi up that far north. And so you've got that kind of river fishing where, man, a pair of beat-up shoes, and you just go wander around yeah. and wade and that's that's a ton of fun right there but then you've got some of the bigger river fishing where you know the traditional river rats you know you can run some of the bigger boats you're just not going to get into the skinny water into the backwaters areas so if you are rigging up for doing some river fishing uh your average aluminum boat that you use anywhere in the state would work just fine uh i run a lund pro v 1875 i can get most places that i want to back there um the real crazies will run a river pro or some flat bottom job with a jet foot so they can slide way back into that skinny water and get fish that don't see a lot of lures but uh yeah it's kind of a bite unto its own um 
and I pull a lot of crankbaits on the big part of the river and also throw a lot of jigs and plastics. So keeping it simple, I think, uh, for your first few trips out there is key. What are you seeing around the state as far as uh, lake levels go with the heat and the drought? It's crazy. Everything's extremely low. The river, I was trying to pick up a buddy on the Wisconsin side of Lake Pepin, and uh, I pulled up to the Maiden Rock area, and he had to wade out to my boat about 100 yards, which uh, he he didn't anticipate. But uh, I haven't seen levels that low for probably a decade in my neck of the woods. Hmm. In the lakes themselves, um, we're seeing a lot of docks that are riding pretty high. I'm sure the bass guys would tell you that, right, because they're mm-hmm. trying to pitch under them. And <laughs> docks that used to be in play are probably not as much in play anymore. So it's definitely low just about everywhere I have been in the entire state. And I see now that they've got more drought and a burn burn ban up in north-central, northeastern Minnesota. I know it's low up there, too. Yeah, and who knows what the long-term effects could be. But, boy, it's amazing uh, what one season can do and and how drastically things can change. Well, and, it, it you know, one thing I noticed, I, I was cleaning a few uh, bluegills and crappies the other day. Um, this would have been probably two weeks ago from a south-central Minnesota lake, and they were reabsorbing their eggs. They never dumped their eggs. They never spawned the fish that I caught anyway. And, you know, down here in the southern part of the state and other parts of the state, it was real cold for a real long time, and then the water just heated up so rapidly. It's almost like those fish got ready to spawn, and then the spawning window just eclipsed them before they could ever do their business. So um, hopefully that doesn't translate to, to, to poor fishing everywhere, but I, I think it probably will affect this year's year class for certain species in different parts of the state. So you're going to be up in the Hackensack area. Yeah, we've got some friends and family um, with the uh, with a cabin up there. We head and fish all those lakes up there. Sometimes take a day trip up to Leech, do a bunch of different stuff. It's just such a rich, diverse area full of so many different kinds of lakes. You wake up in the morning and say, what do I want to fish for? And uh, typically don't have to go too far to fish it. So you, you um, even when you're not working, you're you're still uh, fishing. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the deal. Um I uh, I like fishing so much, and sometimes I write about it and talk about it so much, I just need to go do it, and that's what the weekends are for <laughs> with my boys. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, we we do enjoy it. My whole my whole family really does. So uh, it's one of those things where they're, they're as into it as I have ever been, and they like all kinds of weird species and doing different things. My son has caught way too many big fish uh, <laughs> compared to what I did when I was his age, so he's already got a head start. So, Joel, you, uh, you're an outdoor guy in general. You're a hunter as well. What do you hunt for, and so uh, when do you actually start hunting? My hunting seasons are typically in the spring for turkey. I love spring turkey hunting. I go all over the place. I also do a lot of deer hunting here locally, just in my neck of the woods. I used to be a bigger deer hunter, but uh, used to bow hunt and everything like that, but uh, haven't had as much time for that recently with all the fishing and things I've been doing, so... Yeah, last uh, fall, for example, we went out to South Dakota, did some pheasant hunting out there. I've uh, gone to northern Minnesota grouse hunting just about every single year, and those are usually one or two trip affairs. But the the deer hunting locally, I do a lot of it, and the spring turkey hunting, if I've always said if uh, turkeys gobbled all year and there was a season for them all year, I might be tempted to never fish. <laughs> Boy, you know, that is a relatively new phenomenon up here in the last well, really, the last five years, but, I mean, they, they introduced them a while before that, but they have really taken off. I just, you know, everywhere you go now, you'll see wild turkeys along the roadside. saw a whole family of them uh, over the weekend, and uh, people are doing it up here, and they really get into it. It's it's something that's really <laughs> catching on. 
Well, and it comes at such a great time of year. I've always thought, you know, you, it's a couple week period where you can kind of choose when you're going to hunt. If the weather's typically going to be good, or if it isn't, you can wait till it is better later. There's the last two seasons are always open if your tag didn't get filled. And, you know, it's typically bug free. There's just, you know, it's a great time of year to be out in the woods. Uh, you know, the, the wildflowers are blooming. You've got all the trees budding up and, you know, getting leaves on them. So it's, you, you couldn't pick a better time to be outside. It really was very heartening for, for the folks in the DNR and the outdoorsmen. They got very involved in, in trying to make this happen up here to see that turkeys could thrive up here, and they really are. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, a lot of the research shows that, you know, they can take the cold temperatures. They can deal with everything from wolves to predation from all kinds of different species. It's just the deep snow. As long as the snow depth doesn't uh, surpass their ability to get to food, they can typically thrive in a lot of places. So that area specifically, I know you mentioned, I've seen birds up there too, and it's just so great to see because they're just a ton of fun. Okay. Are you one of those guys that goes turkey hunting out of state? Yeah. Yep. I've hunted... I'd have to look, but I think last count is almost 20 different states. I've taken all the subspecies except the Osceola, which lives in the southern two-thirds of Florida, and just haven't found the right opportunity to go down and do that. But all do-it-yourself hunts. I really I got I got into turkey hunting in the mid-1990s around here when it was first starting for us. Got pretty decent at it, at least in my own neck of the woods, and wanted new challenges and new ways to do it. So public land out west, public land down south, yeah, that presented some real difficult uh, circumstances to try and get better and uh, really has made me a better turkey hunter. It's just a ton of fun, too. Spring turkey hunting is your passion in that regard, so not necessarily going to be out there for the first day of whatever fall season is the first to come along? Not usually, but uh, again, my kids uh, kind of guide a lot of my activities <laughs> nowadays. They're ages 13 and ages 16, and uh, I can remember 10 years ago, that was uh, maybe not quite 10 years ago, but quite a while ago that was that was squirrel hunting that was what they wanted to do and it was just a blast right and uh you know uh my my youngest son really does like some of the early season youth shotgun hunts that we have down here so that's mid-october we'll go out and try and get a dough or two for the freezer and we all enjoy eating the venison and i i love cooking it it's kind of a match made in heaven there the difficult thing with fall is that there's a lot of hunting seasons that kick in it's also really if you're looking at it unbiasedly probably the best time to go fishing it's just unbelievable isn't it i mean it, you get these certain days in the fall and you almost if you're a sportsman you stress out about it almost you're like i should be duck hunting i should be rigging big chubs out on these flats where i know there's going to be huge walleyes going and there's a good wind going i should be throwing cranks up against these rocks here and i should be grouse hunting and you know it's almost dizzy trying to figure out what 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 you should be doing because it's just it's so good, it's short, it comes and goes, and uh, you can't get enough of it. And there's just too much going on, plus school starts, plus football season, or kids might be in sports. It's a cornucopia of opportunity. It really is, and I, I feel bad for my kids now a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I'm in education as a day job. I also work at the University of Minnesota, which is doing mapping and conservation-related work there, and uh, I... <laughs> It's hard to see them have to be in school or me have to be in work when some of these days are just so perfect. And like I said, big believer in education, but there have been a time or two where I have written to my son's teachers and said, uh, Isaac and Mike and Nelson are studying the wild turkey in its natural environment today. So <laughs> call it a science project, right? That's, that's right. 
Immersive learning is what that is. Yeah, absolutely. Experiential, right? <laughs> well, listen, Joel, if we want to find out what you're doing, read up on your stuff, see some of your uh, videos, uh, that's all on the website? Absolutely. Yeah, go to joelnelsonoutdoors.com. Uh, you'll see different things pop up through Angling Buzz, through Midwest Outdoors, different partners like that. And always check out stuff in the newsstands from Outdoor News and Fish and Beyond. And if we're going to go out fishing here in the next few days, what should we be fishing for and where should we be looking for them? So it looks like we're going to be getting into kind of, you know, one of the things about fishing, you're always looking at the weather, right? Mm-hmm. It looks like we're going to be getting into some warm weather almost statewide here. We've got some rain coming in. Um, I think I think that a lot of those shallow wheat patterns are still going to hold, especially if we get any wind. And that's really what's going to help determine it on a lot of those clear water lakes. But I, you know, I anticipate pulling spinners um, even in shallow water, even up in some of those weeds. If you're looking for for getting bit on walleyes, that's what I'd be doing down on the river. I know right now there's a couple good crankbait bites. Uh, a lot of folks are pulling deep with lead core, but some guys are finding walleyes up shallow, eight, ten feet of water inside of the saugers, which are 10 to 15 feet of water. So it's going to be one of those things where uh, I'm going to be fishing shallower and shallower until the fish tell me otherwise. Uh, what do you think they're going to be biting on this weekend? I've been using a lot of the Northland uh, Rumble Shad crankbaits. Everything I'm doing for my crankbaits trips are down there with the number fives and number sevens. I've been using a lot of the new colors, which I really like, that sneeze color. I really like uh, I really like that uh, steel chartreuse color that they've got as well. It's hard to go wrong with a crankbait this time of year, whether you're trolling it or throwing it, because it's just an active presentation. Fish's metabolisms are up. It's a great search bait tool. Find fish, and then, you know, if you do find with your electronics later after you stumbled into one or a group of them that they're balled up or schooled up, well, then you can rig on them. Then you can slip bobber on them. Then you can do that kind of thing, but... Especially if you're fishing new water, I'd be checking out some of those rumble shads. I'd be looking to fish fast, fish efficiently, and catch the biters. All right, that's Joel Nelson of the appropriately named Joel Nelson Outdoors. Great to have him on the show today, Joel. Thanks for the time and uh, the insight. We really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, Kev. Well, the weekend is here, and of course, we're still getting good fishing reports, so get on out there and enjoy it. But do keep in mind, it's going to be 90 again, and do what you got to do to stay cool and not get fried. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and, of course, subscribe to the podcast at Podcast One on the PodMN app or wherever you get your podcasts. We encourage you to do that so you can listen to it whenever it's convenient for you. And oftentimes there is bonus coverage on the podcast, like today, for example, podcast-only feature, Steve Sapaniak talking Mille Lacs Lake Muskies. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for being here. We will talk to you Monday. Fish Country! Country!